Tonight, Birds of Prey disappoints. Bob Iger thinks he's owed a beer, and Kevin Smith masters an all-star cast of the universe. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Thomas Townley. Uh, well, what do you know? You know, I know one thing. Rumors are, are just that, rumors. Now, I've been seeing rumors online that Dan DiDio's exit from DC Comics is some sort of precursor to AT&T selling off DC Comics or stopping production of comics. Take your pick. Uh, you need to uh, look at this with a critical eye. Uh, one, there are no reliable sources. And, you know, any, any site that I've seen a story on doesn't name where the info came from. And two, there's no cooperation. No other site is reporting this particular story. Uh, if something like this was happening, other news sites would be picking this up, more reputable news sites. You know, heck, CNN, MSNBC would be picking up a story like that. So in other words, don't believe it until it actually happens or gets much better coverage. Anyway, <clears throat> let's uh, go on with the DC news. Patty Jenkins thinks of Steve Trevor like Indiana, an Indiana Jones type of character in Wonder Woman 1984. Quote, He's not beta at all. He's a super alpha who can absolutely wear his discomfort on his sleeve. So from day one, I was always saying that it should almost, almost be like Wonder Woman meets Indiana Jones, where Indiana would never be emasculated. Chris just very naturally has that quality. You can tell by meeting him that he's warm, and he's chill, and he truly appreciates women." Unquote. So what does Pine think of his character's journey in the movie? Speaking with Entertainment Weekly, he said, quote, In the first movie, I played the world-weary soldier who has seen all the depravity that human, humankind is capable of displaying. And in this one, I get to be much more wide-eyed and joyful. My role is really just as a friend, lover, boyfriend, come bodyguard, who's trying to be, who's trying his best to help Diana on her mission. I'm like the Watson to her homes, unquote. Entertainment Weekly also spoke with uh, Kirsten Wig about her transformation into the role of Cheetah. Quote, I did not really know so much about Cheetah before I even talked to Patty Jenkins. There was an idea that maybe it might be about being a villain for the movie. So I went online and looked at all the villains of Wonder Woman to try and figure out which one because I was so excited. And I was really, really happy to find out it was her. 
I've never really played someone who walks into the room and owns it, especially when she starts out so insecure and self-deprecating. We didn't want to see Barbara in Cheetah, and I didn't want to see Kirsten in Cheetah either." Unquote. Wonder Woman 1984 opens in theaters on June 5th. Birds of Prey had a disappointing first weekend. So what did Warner Brothers do? Well, they retitled the film. You know, worked for Edge of Tomorrow, didn't it? Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is now Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. It's not a bad idea. Speaking to The Verge, a representative for the studio said that the title change was to help search expansion, uh, search, uh, expansion for ticket sites, which sounds like a lot of people weren't searching for Birds of Prey, they were searching for Harley Quinn. I wonder if you call a movie Birds of Prey, maybe push Birds of Prey and not Harley Quinn in all the uh, ads? You know, I mean... If Harley is the entire plot of the movie, call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey from the very beginning. Just saying. Uh, the good news is that the film has made back its money. Let's see how it did with this week's box office report. Now, uh, we start down at number 11 with Impractical Jokers the movie which just opened. Yeah. Number 10 is The Photograph which fell from number 4 to 10. Uh, number 9 is Jumanji The Next Level which fell from 8 to 9. I'm surprised that that movie is still still out there. That movie has been out there for 11 weeks. That's a pretty long time. Parasite has gotten back into the uh, top 10 uh, lately since it's Oscar win. It's, it, last week it was at number 7. This week it's at number 8 as it's uh, been released to 641 additional theaters. See, that's what an Oscar win is for. Now that's been out... Or, or, wait a minute. Excuse me. Parasite's actually down 198 theaters. So it lost about 200 theaters from last week. Um, but still, for a, for a movie that's been out 20 weeks, that's pretty good. Uh, 1917, meanwhile, has a, an additional 641 theaters. Uh, it's at number 7 from number 6. Dropping huge from number 3 to number 6 was the uh, was uh, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island uh, slasher you know, trauma pick. Call it what you will. From number two to go from number three to number six means it didn't retain an audience. Uh, Brahms, The Boy 2, uh, debuts at number five. Bad Boys for Life fell from number five to number four. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, fell from number two to number three. So that's uh, down 60% from last week. So the name changes helped, but not, you know, totally. It's in its third week. Uh, the Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford debuts at number two. You know, they have a story on the news about, the, about that dog. He came from Kansas. You know, that was a kind of a neat story. Um, made $24 million in its first week. And uh, in, 
retaining the top spot is Sonic the Hedgehog, which, although it's down 54%, still came in at number one. That's pretty. That's pretty good. It's uh, at a 106 gross, 106 million dollar gross in the United States. Um, that's a movie that really is, has done well because uh, they went back and and fixed what was wrong with the character. I don't think it would get this calf box office. It's up to 202.9 million dollars worldwide. You know, it's made back its budget and, and more so $85 million budget. So, yeah, this is this is a case of, you know, the studio going back and saying, we are wrong, let's fix this. You know, really came off. Let's click on Bad Boys here, or Birds of Prey really quick. Birds of Prey has made $173.4 million worldwide. And had an eighty-four point five million dollar budget, so it's it's made its money back, you know, for being it for being in the theater for for just a couple of weeks. So it's it's doing fine, and I could you know very well see Birds of Prey two coming out. You know, it just might behoove them to you know think about the title on the uh, next one. Anyway, let's uh, continue on here. DC Universe's Doom Patrol will be getting a little larger next season. Actress Abigail Shapiro is joining up as the Chief Niles Calder's daughter, Dorothy, and NCIS New Orleans Karen Obelum is coming as Ronnie Evers, a military vet with a mysterious past, who meets cyborg Vic Stone in a PTSD support group. Now, as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, a longtime co-publisher of DC Comics, Dan DiDio is out at DC Comics. Dan is best known for Infinite Crisis, The New 52, DC Rebirth, and Doomsday Clock. Now, he's been the co-publisher of DC Comics for the past 10 years. Now, this seems to leave co-publisher Jim Lee in the driver's seat as the sole publisher and chief creative officer. DiDio's exit comes just prior to an announced new relaunch that would further dismantle parts of the 2011 New 52 reboot. Now, it's unclear at this time if that relaunch will be delayed or canceled entirely. You know, I guess, uh, stay tuned. The Supergirl comic will end with issue number 42 in May. The issue will be written by Jody Hauser with art by Rachel Slott and will pit Supergirl against the United States military. There are no plans for a brand new series. Some early images of Robert Pattinson's bat suit have come out, but meanwhile, those faithful who still want the Snyder Cut have launched a renewed campaign for that holy grail of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. The social media profiles for Warner Media owned companies are getting comment bombed. For example, the HBO Max Instagram page has hundreds, if not thousands, of demands that HBO Max streamed the cut of the movie. By the way, there's still no verification that this cut actually exists. So they might be just yelling to the void or, you know, maybe it's maybe it's hidden away in a vault. Maybe someday when Disney owns all of media, they'll pull it out of the vault. There it is, the Snyder cut. Ta-da. 
or not. I am such a tease. Look, Lucifer's fifth season has been scheduled as its last, but could it get a sixth? According to TVLine.com, Netflix is currently in talks with Warner Brothers Television to make a new final season. Season 5 is currently in its final weeks of production, and it's on its final 16 episodes. Neither Netflix nor Warner Brothers has acknowledged or denied the report. Inquiring minds want to know. DC has been in the anniversary business for the past few years, putting out specials for Action Comics and DC Comics. Now it's Green Lantern's turn. DC will be celebrating the Green Hero's 80th this year. The first Green Lantern print, uh, first hit print in 1940s American Comics number 16, written by Bill Finger and drawn by Martin Nodell. To celebrate this, DC is putting out the Green Lantern 80th Anniversary 100-page Super Spectacular, featuring lanterns like Alan Scott, Hal Jordan, Kyle Rainier, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and many, many more. There will be a main cover by Liam Sharp and eight variant covers for the eight decades from various artists, with stories that will come from Jeff Johns, Daryl Banks, Charlotte Fullerton, McDuffie, Cena Grace, Meg Grell, Jeff Lemire, Ron, Mar Ron Mars, Denny O'Neill, Fernando Pessarin, Ivan Rias, Rafa Sandoval, Marikova, Mar Peter J. Tomasi, James Tinian IV, Robert Vendetti, and many, many more. The comic will hit store shelves on May 20th and will retail for $9.99. Anyway, let's go on to Marvel News. Mariko Tamaki. Avengers Endgame not winning an Oscar was kind of a disappointment. Well, it's not winning that makes history or infamy. Take your pick. Avengers Endgame's shutout at the Oscars marks the first time the film has become the highest grossing movie of all time, but didn't win an Oscar. Endgame made nearly $2.8 billion worldwide. Yeah, you, it, you kind of feel sorry and not sorry at the same time. The United Kingdom has some new heroes. Marvel is introducing a brand new super team called The Union in the Empire crossover event with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. The tagline for the event is, quote, Thanos is dead, so who is the biggest power in the universe? Unquote. Vince McMahon? No, wait, that's WWE. Uh, the Union is written by Paul Grist and has art by Andrea DeVito and, and uh, more. And they'll be out now. Michael Pena is unsure about the fate of his Marvel Ant-Man sidekick character, Lewis. The Hollywood Reporter talked with Pena on the press junket for his new movie, Fantasy Island, and they asked if he ever found out. He said, quote, I have no idea. Ant-Man is not going to be shot for another year or so. After my involvement in the first two Ant-Man movies, we really won't even know what's going to happen until one to two months before we film. I have no idea what's happening, to be honest, right now, 
Marvel is in a really cool position where they can break hearts by who they bring back and who they don't. But I'm still interested, even though I have no idea what's going, going to happen, and I can't wait to find out. Unquote. However, he is hopeful that he will be returning to the MCU. Speaking with comic, uh, ComingSoon.com, he said, quote, For the last one, I didn't really know what capacity I was going to be I was going to come back in, or if I was going to come back at all. I think they're a year away from filming. I think uh, it would be great if I could do a third one, but you never know, especially with all the stuff that happened in Endgame. Right now, Marvel's in a situation where they can crush some expectations. They're going to have to crush some expectations or of other characters, not just mine, so hopefully I make the cut." Unquote. Well. You know, I think it would be tragic to do a third Ant-Man movie and not have the, ser the uh, movie's hype man. You know, he's one of a kind. So, last summer, the big story was the Spider-Man fight followed by the ambassadorial effort of a Spider-Man, Tom Holland, that resulted in a peace treaty between Sony and Disney. Now, Disney CEO Bob Iger thinks Tom Holland owes him a little something cool. And refreshing. Mr. Iger wrote on Twitter, quote, Last night's premiere of At Pixar's latest film, hashtag onward, gave me a chance to see At Marvel Studios Friends, hashtag Chris Pratt, and hashtag Tom Holland. Tom owes me a pint for saving At Spider-Man. Unquote. You know, actually, that's not a bad idea. Maybe they should invite Sony Pictures CEO uh, Tony Vincigera and make it a beer summit. Maybe iron out some more of those Marvel rights issues? Make it a huge shared universe? What do you say? Come on, Marvel. Come on, Sony. Let's get together. So, have uh, you ever watched the Marvel movies and that quick succession of comic pages and wondered about the kissing couple that can be seen around the six-second mark in the sequence? Well, a fan on Quora has figured out who they are. Dvorak Jenkins has figured out that they are Angelica Jones, aka Firestarter, and Vance Astro Astrovic, aka Justice. You know what's interesting about those two? They're mutants. So technically, that makes them the first mutants in a Marvel Studios film. Kinda neat. Now, if Marvel Studios would just get down to using some of those mutants... Come on. Anyway, according to a new report from Illuminati, Sony is interested in Michelle McLaren to direct a Spider-Woman movie. McLaren is best known for working on shows like Game of Thrones, Better Call Saul, and Breaking Bad, and if chosen, would be this would be her first feature film. The same report also uh, says that they're looking into Alicia Vikander for the lead role of Jessica Drew, aka Spider-Woman. When more is announced, we'll let you know. Well, Avengers Endgame might have not gotten an Oscar, but they're bound to get a blimp from the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Endgame walked out with 11 nominations. Also up for awards are a series of unfortunate events, Power Ranger Beast Morphers, Stranger Things, The Flash, The Simpsons, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Frozen 2, The Lego Movie 2, The Lion King, Secret, Lives of, Secret Life of Pets 2, Toy Story 4, and many, many more. Trust me, 
if if I were to list all these, it would it would take all take all day. The awards will be slimed out on March 22nd on Nickelodeon. Now let's go to the geek news. So uh, Kevin Smith's Netflix Masters of the Universe series Revelation has announced its cast, and man, is it star heavy! The cast includes Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Lena Headey as Evelyn, Chris Wood as uh, Prince Adam He-Man, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila, Liam Cunningham as Man of Arms, Stephen Root as Cringer, Diedrich Bader as King Randor slash Trapjaw, Griffin Newman as Orko, Tiffany Smith as Andra, Henry, Henry Rollins as Triclops, Alan Oppenheimer as Mossman, Susan Eisenberg as Sorceress, Alicia Silverstone as Queen Marlena, Justin Long as Roboto, Jason Mewes as Stinkor, Phil Lamar as Hero, Tony Todd as Scareglow, Cree Summer as Priestess, Kevin Michael Richardson as Beastman, Kevin Conroy as Merman, and Harley Quinn Smith as Elena. Now, uh, Kevin also told no Newsarama that the only note he got from Netflix was to treat it seriously, quote, like Shakespeare. So he tasked his writer room, quote, we went in with, with this mantra of like, nobody is winking and nobody's acting like this is weirdness. Man of arms, stink or, or no. It's all in, played incredibly Game of Thrones straight. If you like the style of Castlevania, just put He-Man through that filter. And it has that feel and look of it. It's anime style, unquote. Now, no release date for Master of the Universe Revelation, but uh, we won't see it air probably until 2021. If the report from Diz Insider is true, Disney is working on another live-action version of another animated film. This time, it will be Rapunzel, which was animated in the, uh, mov in the movie Tangled about a decade ago. Michael DeLuca and Christian Burr are reportedly executive producing it with Zoe Kent, Jessica Virtue, and Lucy Catita. No director has been announced. According to Variety, Disney is working on a sequel to its live-action Aladdin movie. The sequel is expected to be a theatrical release like the first one and will be a completely new idea and not based on the direct-to-video animated sequels, The Return of Jafar, and Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Right now, it's unclear if Guy Ritchie will return to direct, but the film start, this film uh, stars are all expected to return. But nothing is in place yet. Comicbook.com can confirm that John Gaddis and Andrea Burloff will be writing the script. And finally, Todd McFarlane has announced a Kickstarter campaign at the 2020 Toy Fair. This Kickstarter will recreate the original line of Spawn toys that were made with the Todd Toys logo, all released with classic packaging, but with the modern sensibilities and techniques that McFarlane toys have become known for. Todd McFarlane said, quote, I'm going to start with him, points to original Spawn, and hopefully we'll end up getting all six of these. But we're going to take that original Spawn and we're going to do it and put it into a retro packaging. But we're going to use a modern day sculpt of it. The Kickstarter, un unquote, this Kickstarter isn't live yet, but will be under the Masterworks category on Kickstarter. You know, I like a good Kickstarter. 
I gave I give to the Rift Rift Kickstarter every year. And uh, that with that brings us to the end of the comic book news. And uh, be sure to check us out on our social media. We're at Twitter at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you'd like to contribute some money, please go over to mtpodcast.com to go to our uh, coffee Patreon and now our glow.fm links as well. And uh, be sure to go to visit multiverse, uh, go to multiversetonight.com and uh, hit the support me link that's just at the top of the page to uh and uh while while you're there go to uh go to the page and visit our affiliate marketplace links the link to the t public store show notes and much more you know the occasional column and uh, all that if you're a subscriber please be sure to share us with your friends and if you're brand new to the show please be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and let us, let me know how we're doing. You know, uh, special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new sci-fi edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.